Amen. Anybody excited about being here? Yes, I am too. I tell you, it's a great opportunity to come in and just stretch out, open our arms, and just feed on what God's got for us today. Uh, like Ms. Tanya said, the title of our sermon is Iron Sharpens Iron, and, and I love that. I love that verse. I love that scripture. We're going to read it in just a minute. But as I was putting this together, I was thinking about, man, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in this life, but, I, you know, a lot of times we can focus on some of the tough stuff, and there are a lot of things going on. However, I want to remind us, there's a lot of blessings on there. Think about it. I want us to focus on all the blessings for just a minute. I think that's the best way. I was listening to a guy speak the other day, and he said the first 20 minutes when you wake up, what you feed on really goes into your subconscious, and that's kind of charts the, the, the path of your day. Have you ever noticed that? You ever get up and step on a dog bone or something like that, you know, or anything? Or, you know, you can't find the right shirt or whatever the case is. Get your toe hung in your underwear. I don't know. But, you know, I'm just being real. Sometimes everybody's looking like, that's, he did that, yeah. But, you know, sometimes we just go, my goodness, what in the world's going on here? But if we take a minute and just think about all the blessings, I want to encourage us this week, before we even put our feet on the floor, to give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for what he's done. Amen? So I, I, just, I just love to, to, to kind of slow things down sometimes and think about those things. Um, you know, there's a lot of tough things. It's crazy times that we're living in. I mean, if you're watching the news, things are constantly changing and not necessarily for the best, but there is a lot of good things going on in the midst, though. But... What I want to talk about today is, is really three things. I want to talk about friendship, lordship, and God's sustaining grace. That's something we've been looking at on Tuesday night about uh, the study of God's grace. Can you get enough of that? I don't think so. It's always good, and he's always got plenty. So with that being said, I want to read our scripture for today. And it's out of Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, And it says this, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And I think that's a great picture as how we come together and encourage and cheer on and root on and lift up one another. And I can tell you with, with things going on, I know we've been talking a lot about the surgery. There's a lot of people have this stuff done. But I want to tell you this, that I really appreciate your prayers. I appreciate the encouragement. I appreciate the calls and all those things. So we look forward to how God's going to move on that. I can promise you this. In the midst of this, I'm going to be looking at ways to share my faith. From, from the time I roll in to the time I roll out. I'm going to tell you that right now. So I know that there's opportunities, you know, uh, in that setting. There's opportunities in every setting. So how are we gonna how are we gonna do that? I, what I want to do is have my heart and mind focus on the things of the Lord, uh, and and just be available for what God's got. How about you? Whether you're going to work, whether you're staying home, whether you got the day off or whatever, how are we gonna do that? And I, I want to encourage us today, starting right here, right now. When you leave this place, you're gonna be so full of what God's gonna do and what the expectation. I want you to just. Spill it out, pour it out on whoever you can. Just love them large, all right? So something else I was thinking about, I love that picture Miss Tanya found. It looks like they're making like a, a sword or something. I'll give you another a scripture to encourage you this morning if you want to write this down. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of the Lord is alive and active. You ever think about that? I, you know, a lot of times people read different books and different things and stuff like that. And they put them back on the shelf. And the, the Bible is, is so on time for everything because it's alive. You know, you read a scripture, we talk about this, how many times have you read a scripture, two or three, four, 15 times, and you go back to your Bible, you read it again, and you go, oh, and it's even more in there. I mean, it's just so wow, powerful. And I, I just love that. It says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the divine soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. If you want to really know what you believe and really know what you think, Open up the word of the Lord. Start reading that and see how you digest that. Do you take, oh man, I don't, I don't like that part, but I like this part. If we start trying to dissect the word of God, we're going in with the wrong motive. If we come in there to feed on the word of God and align our life to the word of God, that's where the blessing comes from. Amen. So there's always a chance for an opportunity to, to grow. And uh, I think we're going to grow a little bit today. How's that sound? So today, like I said, if you got your handouts, I think everybody's got their handouts. I'll hit it again. Friendship, lordship, and sustaining grace. And uh, to me, I know that I'm blessed in friendship. I've got a lot of friends. I remember my dad would say, boy, if you, if you go through this life and you only got a handful of friends, you really got something. Well, I feel like I'm very blessed because I got many friends. And I will say this. I, I, I have lived long enough to know I got a lot of acquaintances, too. Amen. 
You know, so you, you got some people that you work with and you got your friends that you, you talk to. You got some friends that you, you hang out with. You got some friends that you go to the hockey games with. Or all that. Then you got some friends. Whenever things are stripped away, you know they're the ones you can call right now. You know when they speak into your life, it's not to get anything. It's not to gain anything. It's not to wound you. It's to speak the truth and love to you. You got a friend like that? For example, if you say you don't, I'm going to point you to the one I know you can have and you probably got Jesus, amen? But I want to tell you this, that God puts us in uh, our church family so that we can be a Jesus with skin on us, so to speak. So we can be the ones to, to, to uh, just reach out and love one another. And I just want to tell you again, I appreciate all that you guys do and allow us to do um, from your prayers and thoughts and, and, and coming alongside. You know, you don't think there's much that happens here. Sometimes you just say, you know, you may just say, oh, okay, well, we're ready to go. You know, things start here like at 7 o'clock. We get up. And get here at 8 and start putting things together and start doing this and checking things out and all that stuff and chairs. Usually on Sundays, they, they don't have the chairs. All those little things. And you think, wow, poof, it just comes out. But it doesn't. There's people behind the scenes. So I want to thank everybody behind the scenes on that as we're talking about iron sharpens iron. Because a lot of times when we do things, you just see the last leg of it. You just see the person playing the guitar or drums or keyboard or the guy speaking or, or the gal sharing the message or something like that. But each one of you, I just want to say, is an intricate part of God's family. Each one of you guys are a blessing. Just want to set that stage with that. So uh, with that being said, I had a couple of things I said. I believe that God can use all of us at any time. I said this world continues to change, and it's, a, it's good to know that we can count on the word of God to see us through. Amen? So wherever we're at, we always want to point them back to the Lord Jesus. Everybody doing good? Let's talk a little bit about friendship. Here we go. I love these, these backgrounds that Miss Tanya finds. And I thought about this. I said, what is friendship to you? I want you to just kind of think about that for a second. Let it sink in for a second. What is friendship to you? I thought of a few things. I thought trust, love, encouragement, confidence, respect. And let me just add this too. Forgiveness. If you have a friend... If they're not willing to forgive you, you're probably not going to be friends very long because even though we don't mean to let them down, disappoint them, say the wrong thing at the wrong time, we're human. We, we just sometimes, we just don't have a good filter, you know? And sometimes we don't always hear it the way that somebody meant it to come across. But I'm telling you, if you look at the track record of your friend, I think right there you can turn around and say, you know, surely they didn't mean it this way. Surely they didn't mean it that way. And so sometimes I think we just need a little grace for our friendships. Amen? How about y'all? I know I need grace. I need, I need all those things. But the truth is, when we care about one another, we are going to speak into the life out of love. Amen? Let's take a look at this. Friendship, what does it do? It brings unity. It should bring unity. I said our friendships should definitely build us up. And I said, that doesn't mean that we always agree. And sometimes we don't, we don't, when we don't agree, it's a great opportunity to see something from another perspective. Amen. That's part of growing. You know, you can agree to disagree. And I'm just talking about general things. We're not talking about uh, biblical things. I'm just talking about having those relationships, family, friends, workmates, and all that. Because we know that we're going to stand for what God says his word is. Okay. But, you know, if, if, the, if uh, your favorite color is red, I don't need to convince you that it should be blue. You know, or whatever it is. If you like a steak instead of, you know, pizza, that's okay. Where can we find the common ground? I believe we can always find the common ground in Christ. Amen? Always pointing back to Jesus. I said there's nothing more irritating to be in a situation and not being able to be heard. You ever you had a friendship like that or a relationship like that? You go to share your point of view and then it's one of these got to have that communication. If you want to start really wearing on a friendship, and I'm not telling you all anything you don't know, but if you start setting those little roadblocks up where, no, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. What you're going to do is build a wall between you and your friend. A lot of times when we don't agree with what God says, that doesn't make it any less true, does it? His word is always true. But what happens is when we try to pick and choose from God's word, we start putting bricks in that wall. We start putting little earmuffs on and go, no, I don't like that part. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm telling you, the, the full word of God is for the fullness of his people. It's for our best. It's for our, uh, it's for our game. Had a couple other things in here. 
And I said, you know, the communication. If you go to talk to most anybody, if they're having a problem in a relationship or anything, what will be the number one thing if you can peel it all down? Communication, right? Does anybody have trouble communicating sometimes? I do. I said it before. I'll tell Denise, can you bring me to what you call it beside the thingamabob over by the, you know, down by the who's a what? And she's going, what? And I'm thinking, she doesn't get it. <laughs> you know, because we have this picture in our mind of what, what it's supposed to look like. And so, you know, I ask, Lord, help me to communicate better. Help me communicate your love better. Help me communicate your forgiveness better. Help me communicate who you are better. How do I do that? By spending time with God and letting him transform my life. Transform my life. That's what God wants to do. And I'm going to tell you something. I've got a little word on here to encourage you. Romans 12.10 says this. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Have you ever seen that? As time goes by, it seems like you see less and less in that. I'll give you a perfect one. Respect for your elders. That should be autopilot. That should be just right there. If you see somebody coming in the door, open the door. Things like that. You say, well, what's the big deal? You know, I'm doing this and that. Because you know what? To me, when we do those things, we are resentful. We are representing the Lord well. We're communicating God's love to someone else. We're, we're esteeming them a little bit higher than ourselves. Nowadays, everything is all about me. It's me. I'm going to get mine. I used to work with a guy, and his saying was this. If we were working on this and that and whatever, he goes, well, I'm going to get mine. And what that meant, I said, what do you mean? It means I'm going to get mine. And he lived his life like that. And I tell you what, I think he finally got what was his. That has a way of working itself around. You can't live like that all the time, pushing people away out of your life and separating yourself away and thinking, it's all about me. It gets lonely. I always tease people, I say, it's lonely at the bottom. <laughs> they say, it's lonely at the top. I ain't been on the top, you know? But I tell you what, if you want to get up on that hill, walk with the Lord. Walk with the Lord. Be encouraged by the Lord and encourage others. So what does it say again? Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. I, I thought about this and I, I said, man, I'm probably jumping ahead. But in relationships, I've talked to a lot of people. I know a lot of people have been married a long time. And my neighbors, I go back. Every time I think about a relationship that is a loving, breathing relationship, my neighbors were married probably 60-some years. And I lived next door to them probably coming up close to 20 years. Now, I didn't peep in their window to see if they was arguing at night or any of those things. But one of the things, they honored one another. It was really just amazing. When they would walk, they'd walk together. But they, they even got where they wear the same, same type of clothes. They look like matching little twins. I'm not saying you got to do that. But that's, they were just so close, you know. And they, they enjoyed their life together. And, uh, and the, the lady, Mrs. Wolfendale, passed away months back. But you know what? When I had a chance to talk to my friend, her husband. He said, you know, we really got to enjoy one another's company. They did all types of stuff together. Now, I think it's a good thing to have your own little space, do a few things like that. But isn't it nice when you can come together and respect one another's uh, ideas, their thoughts, and the things that they love? And we see that in friendship. I'm going to hit a couple of friendships here. Take a look at this. David and Jonathan, you guys remember them from the, the, the Bible. Brotherly love, man. Support like no other. You know? You think about different relationships like that. I think about Ruth and Naomi. Man. Ruth says she loses her husband. And they lose her son. Naomi loses her son. They're basically, they're wiped out to the mother-in-law and the daughter. Ruth, daughter-in-law, excuse me. And the, and the, daughter, the mother-in-law, Naomi says, hey, you know what? Why don't you just, you're young, why don't you just go on back to your people and, and do your thing and I'll just, I'll just, I'll just make out all right. I'll be okay. And she says, oh no. I'll put it in my words. We're in it to win it. We're staying together. And she says this, your God is my God. You see that common denominator? God, the Lord is the common denominator. I thought about this and with everything coming up, a, a, a friend of mine that has been here, has been a while back, Daryl Brown, young man that had been in a terrible accident uh, that I used to work with and he's recovering really good and I call him the coach uh, a few things on, on what's been going on in Daryl's life 
since he had that uh, problem. I mean, some of y'all remember here several years ago, probably a little over a year ago, he was working on the back of a, a truck and it exploded, almost lost his life. And through that, I think he's had like 17 surgeries and lost uh, sight in his eye, had to redo his face and lost some fingers and things like that. And, I, and, and it's amazing the things that we talk about when, when he calls me or I call him. And he called me yesterday and he says, hey, I know you got a lot coming up. I said, all right, coach, give me the lowdown. He says, look, we got you prayed up. Do what they say. Listen to your wife. <laughs> and he said, you're going to be all right. You ever been around somebody that can give you a few words of encouragement? I don't know if they even say anything different than anybody else, but you're just like, man, we can do it. That's how my buddy is. But you know something else about that relationship? The things that he would pull back and tell me, he said, just like you used to say. Remember when you told me, you know, these things years and years ago. And I always told him, I said, man, I'm telling you, with, with the, just the personality that you are and the way God is used, I said, it would be amazing, man, if you could coach like little league football, little, you know, football uh, juniors and things like that or any level. He goes, yeah, but man, I'm working 16 hours a day. I can't do that. I'd love to do that. Well, the door opened up and he started coaching football. He coached football. And even though he can't move and do some of the things that he wants to, he's got somebody else. He's got, he's got a Jonathan and a David relationship with someone. And they can say, hey, look, man, I want you to do this, go down, turn around here. He can implement those things and teach those kids. He said, just like you say, he said, you can't win it if God's not in it. Little things that I didn't think he was ever listening to. But those things that he was grabbing onto. Check this out. So they had a league up there and he would pray over his, his, his team. Before they go, safe, pray for the other team and everything else. And about midway through the season, the people said, well, you know, you're praying and all this. He said, ho, ho. He says, uh, that's, that's, that comes with it. So he, he would get a little pushback on that. He said, well, that's not going to change what I believe. So what they did was he stepped back from that. And he got six other men that believed like him. And they started their own league. Isn't that something? Six guys. I'm going to get to this in a minute. How it's good to have a few good friends, ain't it? Six guys, five other guys in him. And they pray over the guys. And they, he said, out of all the stuff in, in Richmond area where they are, there's, there's only one other uh, division that is higher than his division right now. And they just got going. And so the reason they did, they have the eye candy. They have the big camps. And they have all these things. And, you know, the kids want to go. And they got to make the team. If you don't make the team, well, you're out. Maybe next year, buddy. That's all right. You know, whatever. So my buddy said, well, that's all right. I'll tell you what, I'll volunteer for one of those camps. So we did. And he took him in. And he starts speaking into those kids' lives. And before the summer was out, guess what? They're on his, hey, I want to be on your league. He said, no, you know, you talk to your folks. He said, that was not my intent. I just wanted to see what they were offering, what was going on. How could I be a blessing to them? He didn't go, well, it's us against them. He jumped in the middle of that. But he never changed the way that he coached. He never changed the, the, the prayer. He never changed keeping God in the middle of it. Guess what? Over half the people in the complain for him now. Isn't that amazing? You say, well, how does that work in? I'm talking about the iron sharpening and iron. I'm talking about people standing for what they believe, speaking into people's life. He could have said, well, you know, they won't let me talk about the Lord and everything, so I'll just go, but grab the football, run 20 laps, everything's okay. He wouldn't settle for that because he knew what God had done in his life and he believes this is an opportunity for him to give back into others' life. You know what else they do? They don't just do football. I think this is cool. I was so encouraged when I talked to him. When they found a project to do in the, in, in the city or something like that, he gets the team together. And they go clean up stuff. And they go serve together. He's building and building a true team. He's building that camaraderie. He's building that relationship. Last time around Thanksgiving, they went and served people food. He's teaching them and pouring into them. He's making disciples, amen? I think that's pretty cool. Get the Lord a hand clap and work with your people. Well, I mentioned about my brother Daryl having five other good friends. I want to I encourage you to read this this week, Mark uh, chapter 2, and I'll kind of cut through it here in a little bit. And it really says this, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on the mat. Y'all remember the story? 
they, what was happening, Jesus was, was preaching and teaching and healing was going on and, and the crowds were getting bigger and bigger and bigger and he goes to this place and, and, and you can't even get in. People are so pressed in. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice if that was happening right here? You know, we got more room, come on. And they were pressing in. And they had, this fella had four good friends. Paralyzed may have four good friends. And they said, we need to get you to Jesus. And they go to the door, no more room. They peep in the window, no more room. The Bible talks about this. Let me read it right out here. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Wouldn't you like to have a friend or two like that? Bringing them to Jesus. Maybe we don't have to tear the roof off, but maybe we need to open the door. Maybe we need to say, hey, well, I can give you a ride. Hey, maybe we can just love them where they're at. Maybe, you know, a lot, of, a lot of folks use the tools that the Lord's given us with the daily bread and the, and the music and the Bible track and the card ministry. I love that stuff. Just a little bit of hope. Just a little bit of encouragement can change everything, can't it? So he goes on here and he says, Jesus, speaking this here, uh, verse 5, excuse me, it says, Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. He got a double blessing, didn't he? He got saved and healed all in the same motion. Isn't that something? God's love brings healing. They come face to face with the Son of God. And you know what? Even then, and even now, he had the naysayers. Had the Pharisees sitting on the sideline. Who does he think he is? I know who he is. He's the Son of God. And I guarantee you when that man got up and walked, I bet you they were thinking a little bit different too. How about you? Have you seen God working in your life? Have you seen God working in others? God still uses doctors. God still uses me and you every day. God uses our words, our prayers. How is God using you? I pray that we continue to partner with what God has. I had a couple of things here I just want to write down, I want to share with you. I started thinking about the partnerships. You know, you had the four men there. We have partnerships here with our family and stuff. And I said, you know, I, I wrote a few notes down last night. And when we come alongside of somebody... We want to create, create an atmosphere to grow and dream and point them to the Lord. Anybody ever been in a, a partnership? I didn't clear this with my son, but he'll have to love me through it, all right? I remember Thomas coming along. When he was about two and a half years old, he knew exactly what he wanted to be. He wanted to drive a trash truck. He fascinated him. He would go to my mom and dad's and they would stand out there and the guy would beep and he's like, yes, I want to drive a garbage truck. I'm in. I said, that's cool. Because I'm telling you, he was committed to that. And, but I think what he really liked was the arms going up and the things moving and the noise and things getting done. And my dad chewing the back and living large, you know, out there hanging out with Paul. Paul. Woo, living it up. And then he got this crazy idea he wanted to be an engineer. And I said, Okay. <laughs> want to be an engineer. And time goes on. Is that for me? <laughs> probably not. Hello? That's not going to slow us down. Anyway, he turned around and he says, you know, I, I want to be an engineer. Time goes by. And so we, we start moving forward. And he never changed his mind. He wanted to continue to do that. I said, well, that's great. Tell him we got room for more, Thomas. That's fine. Anyway, Time goes by a little bit, and I said, well, let's get a, let's get a plan together. And now he's 10, 11, 12, 13. I want to be an engineer. He's taking the math classes and all this. After about fourth grade, I couldn't even turn on his calculator. I'm like, boy, I see what's wrong with your equation. You got all these letters in there. You got too much letters in the math, you know? I don't know nothing about it. So then he gets an opportunity to do some stuff at NASA and things like that. The Lord is just blessing him in all these areas. But in the midst of that, he loves to play those drums. He loves to play. And I'm so thankful that he plays for the Lord. And he got in and they started a couple of bands and they're really doing good. And they're really getting with the program. They're on the radio. They're doing another CD. They fly my daughter to uh, Nashville to do some stuff. I said, man, this is great. I'm for you. And he came on one night. This is where the partnership gets good. And he said, you know what I was thinking, Dad? And he's halfway through college. And he says, uh, you know, if we start touring... I can always get a, uh, what do you call it? Somebody, help me out. Somebody tutors. Sorry, I went blank. I can always get a tutor. I said, no, you can't. He said, why? Because we're partners. 
We're partners, buddy. What do you mean? When I told you you started this, we're partners. And I said, once you get that piece of paper, baby, you can thump and bump and drive and grind and go wherever you want. But me and you are partners. He goes, oh. But man, I didn't want to kill his dream. But I also said, bud, I've been doing this 35 years. Do you know the window to get through to make it big? It's pretty small. And I'm not saying anything. I think you guys do a great job. But we're partners. I don't think he knew what partners meant, but I knew what partners meant on my end. I was going to do everything I could do to encourage, hold feet to the fire, to finish that deal. Are you glad you finished that deal now, Ryan? Yes. <laughs> Amen. See, because I knew there was going to be a time that he wanted to buy a house. And I knew there was going to be a time that he wanted to do other things. And I knew there would be a time that he might want to get married. So I'm out now, Alexa. It's all on you. All right? The reason I brought that up is sometimes in a partnership, you got to stand firm. It's not that I didn't care about his dream. I, I want him to, I mean, I love music. I think, man, this is great. I mean, he was walking, he was, he was probably playing drums before he was walking real good, you know? And I want to encourage that. I want to encourage people with their passion and all that. And I know that there's a lot of people that, you know, they sleep in the cars and all that, and one day they're a star and all those things. But he was so close. To finishing what he had set his heart on for so long. I said, we can't stop now, buddy. How many people do you know that they get so close to that finish line? Something else shiny comes up. Something looks a little nicer. Something smells a little better. And we're over here and we go, ho, ho, ho. We're going to hold that course. I don't know in our life, has there been things you wish you'd held the course on? I don't know. I will say one other thing. I met a man several months ago. Knew him for work. Great guy. And he shows me this picture on his phone. I said, wow, that's really amazing, man. Did you buy that painting? He goes, no, I painted that. I said, what? You did what? He said, yeah, Pastor, man, how long have you been doing that? He said, uh, since November. I said, you are kidding me. This is amazing. I said, man. I got some work for you. I got some work for you. And, and I thought, man, isn't that amazing? And I went over to his office and he showed me all these things that he had drawn and all this and all that. And he told me this statement. He said, my dad was a great artist and played music. He said, I play a little music too. And he said, you know, buddy, after all these years, I still have never got the approval of my dad. He said, you can't make no money with that. You need to go do this. I understand that we want them to get a good foundation. But don't squash the dream in the midst of it. He was doing real good in the music, he said. He was playing a lot of music. And, and he said he was doing weddings and everything. And he wrote a couple of songs and his wife was getting really nervous. She said, I think they're going to sign you, honey. That's going to change our life. And he said, Dad, I want you to hear my song. And the dad told him, he said, play for me when you get famous. Mm. This guy is a grown man. And it still wounds him today. So what I do, I pay him famous. I said, man, I need a picture like this. I want one like that. That's amazing. That's a gift to God. You know what? You know what happens when I start speaking in that man? It's like they're pulling bricks off that guy. I mean, he's got that sketch and said, would this be good? Would you like, man, you know what? You do what God give you to do. And I'm going to back you on that. The reason I, I bring that in there, if we're going to sharpen iron, we, you know, we don't have to beat it down. Sharpening iron, encouraging. You can do it. Yes, sometimes we got to stand up and say, hey, look, you're so close, man. I really, I really think, you know, we need this direction. Let's go with this. But so many times, people even in our family, take it out on other folks because they didn't do it. He said, my dad, we had four of us, and he couldn't finish his dreams. So I guess he didn't want us to. I said, well, I don't know about that, but I know this. I know you got a gift. And I know that God can use that gift even now. 
See, he felt like he put that on so much hold over the years. All this, if you look at, if you listen to the story, can't do music because you're getting too good. Get out. Can't do this. Can you imagine every time that you try to stand up and say, man, I love doing this and I want to do this and be passionate about something. They say, nope, nope. I want to tell you this, that God sees us for what we are, what we can be, and what he can make us. He's continued to mold us into the image of his son. So if you're sitting here today and you feel like your dreams have been put on back burner, fan the flames of faith and step out. It's never too late. Everybody needs a friend. We got a friend in Jesus. I pray you feel like you got a friend here. Amen. Everybody doing good? Let's keep on going. Be steadfast in what you believe and keep on going. Well, we roll out a friendship. I had a couple things here. I, I, I want to write, uh, go over this real fast before we get to the next one. I wrote this down on my handout. I said, how well do you communicate the cross to others? Now, earlier in my story, before I start telling the story, I said, find a common ground. We can always find common ground in Christ. What do you mean? We can always find common ground at the cross. Amen. How well do we communicate that to others? Well, people say, oh, I'm not a preacher. I'm not. The... You know what? If you're a child of God, God has called us to share the good news. And he will enable you. He will give you opportunities. Maybe it's passing out a book at work. Maybe it's just praying for somebody. Maybe it's just listening to somebody. But I'm going to tell you what. God can use you in that situation. Amen. I, I, I wrote a couple other things. I said, I'm not talking about just the invitation to come to Christ. But to live as Christ lived. Love, grace, mercy. Here's a huge one. Compassion. Compassion. Are you compassionate to the needs of others? What did our scriptures say back here? I jumped the gun here. But it talked about honoring one above, honoring others above yourself. How often do you do that? To me, there's nothing more beautiful. I'm not talking about being taken advantage of. I'm not talking about being a doormat. But when you see somebody say, no, that's all right. Why don't you take that? No, that's all right. Why don't you do that? You see that all the time. You see it in moms and dads. Do you see moms, you know? If, if Jesse wants something on Denise's plate, she'll oh, yeah, go ahead. I said, well, I'll get him his own. No, well, that's all right. Don't mind playing second fiddle for your babies, do you? You know? Because they're your babies. Well, you know what? We're God's babies. Just think what he has in store for them. Let's move on to lordship. I'm going to talk about that just a little bit. When you hear the word lordship, what comes to mind? Think about that for a minute. What comes to mind? I wrote a few things. Knowing Christ. Not just knowing about him, but knowing him personally. And we all know there's a big difference, isn't it? I talk about this often. You can know about somebody. I can read a book on somebody and never met them. And I can tell them probably their favorite color, what they like to eat or stuff. But knowing them, amen? Knowing about them. Understanding a little bit more about that. How about this? This is going to unpack pretty fast. Lordship is receiving Christ. Receiving his love, grace, and mercy, and forgiveness. And yes, even with your past failures and the ones to come. That's freeing somebody today. I know it is me. Even with your past experiences, past failures, and things to come. You ever listen to any interviews of people that have been through some stuff and, and, and finally got to, to where they felt like they their goal, so to speak? Maybe in sports. Let's just use sports. They'll interview somebody sometime. And, and people think, we talked this, this is kind of going in with the message for last time. People think sometimes that you just get plopped right on the top of the hill, on the top of the mountain. Woo, look at me. There's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of hours. There's a lot of time. I think about this. One of the things that I love to do is play that guitar. Not the best at it, but I, I, you'd be very hard-pressed to find somebody that likes it more than me. Right? There's a lot of people that are a whole lot better than me, but I love playing the guitar. Hour after hour after hour after It was never work. It was never a job. It was, it was just, it, it just kept drawing me and drawing me and drawing me. What is that passion that God's put in your life? God's given us a passion for each of us. Again, receiving his love, grace, and mercy just where you are. What else do we see? His lordship. Loving Christ. We say that real easy, don't we? Loving Christ. Intimacy. 
a life that's vibrant, life-giving relationship, not a casual pass-in, but a love relationship. I go back again to my neighbors. Love relationship. I, I, it just, it, it would always amaze me. The first time when I went to buy my house, the man next door was cutting his grass. He stopped, came over. How are you? I want you to meet my wife. Number one thing. That was his treasure. His, his, his best friend, you know what I mean? I thought that was so good. When we meet somebody, do we share the love of Christ with them? Do we think that they're, they're not worth our time? Do we take the time? Do we see everybody as God sees them right where they are? You know? Or do we start holding up scorecards of what they, what they drive, where they work, how their hair is, all that stuff? Man, let's put that away and love them like Christ does. Well, loving, loving the Lord will definitely fall right into this next slide piece here. Obeying Christ. Amen? And obeying. I said, in having the love and the relationship, it produces the obedience in the relationship. And I said, friends, there's always room to grow. I know for me, I'm not always obedient to Christ. There's still a lot of me left in me. But I know this. I know that God allows course corrections. I know that God allows grace and forgiveness. And we're going to talk more about that. And I know I'm not willing to just settle in a relationship with the Lord. Yeah, I'm saved. I'm sitting on the sidelines. It's unfortunate. Many people do. You have people come to church. Their, their hearts are open. And it's just like, you know, the seed falling on good ground and all that stuff. And then some of us choked out by the weeds and burned up by the sun. Are you in it for the long haul? Now, God's never left us. But boy, we'll walk away real fast, won't we? We will. If it don't look like we think it should, or things get tough a little every now and then, sometimes we won't out. I'm going to tell you, you've got a partnership. Amen? God has did his part. All you've got to do is trust him. And he'll carry us through. I want you to see that. What else happens? A little sharing his love. Sharing Christ. I said, you know, and if we have all the things listed above, how can we not share Christ with others? How can you not? His love is too big to contain. I got to think about that. Do you remember... Man, it was boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, things like that. You remember when you first met your sweetie? Oh, man. Waiting for the phone. Love to say their name. Love to hear them say your name. I said early on. Later on, he said, no, I'm going to change my name. I'm just teasing. But you know what? Think about that, man. Oh, man, you just can't wait. You know? I remember when I first started dating Denise, I think uh, I, think I was... Uh, more aware of the love than she was. I had to kind of grow on her like peat moss over a while. You know? Like on a, on a tree. And I remember her saying this. She says, uh, you know, you're a nice guy, but you just call me way too much. Isn't that something? Ooh. But I, I was thinking about it all the time. Hey, what's going on? And I'm thinking, that woman cannot still be washing her hair. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you always get all these other excuses. But think about a relationship with the Lord. Has it cooled off? When you first heard the good news, how excited you were, do you still spend that time with the Lord? Are you still amazed by the things that he does? Remember when you start out in the morning and just give thanks? I'm still amazed. I'm just amazed, amazed, amazed. I was sitting there thinking, I took my beautiful mother-in-law out to eat last night. Spoiler a little bit. And uh, she said, you know, we were talking about sometimes it just we can't especially me, can't remember some of the things like we used to. And a lot of times I don't remember a lot of things until I get up here and the Lord starts bringing them back to your memories. And she, she was just like, you know, how do you remember all that stuff? And I was thinking, because I got the scars from them. You know? It's amazing, you know, falling out of trees and doing all this stuff and, you know, getting, oh man, just, just crazy stuff. And I, and, and I think about those things and, and at the end of the day I think, man, I'm so blessed. So blessed, you know, I cannot tell you how many times I fell off my bicycle and fell out of the trees and everything got shot with a BB gun in the back and everything else, all that crazy stuff, you know? And, and, and I go, wow, Lord, you never left me. You never left me. It's just amazing. I thought about last night. I, I had a terrible dream yesterday. Man, 
I was kicking, screaming, squalling, coming up for air. And Denise was like, what's going on? She said, I had a crazy dream. I said, I did too. I said, I thought I was drowning. Right? Many of y'all know 50 years ago, I still can't swim. And people say, well, how come you can't swim? <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because I never stayed in the water that long. I'll give me a little story. I thought Jeff might be here. When we were little, my mom and dad wanted me and my sister to stay away from the water. Because they didn't swim. They were terrified of the water. Instead of embracing that and showing us, stay away from the water. So what do you do? All your buddies swim. So we would ride our bike to Buck Row. And no, we just couldn't go in the water. We wanted to go in the pool. Well, you don't get to go in the pool unless you're a member, unless you're, you know, your folks are staying there. But I had some smart fellas in my group. This is how they would do it. They would go all the way around to what I think was the Blue Marlin and find the furthest room number that they could find from the office. Maybe it's D62. He said, we're in D62. And we would walk in there and jump in there and paddle around a little bit. And then we would have so much fun, man, and we'd be just louder and louder and flipping rafts and all this stuff, just being real obnoxious. And the guy would come out and say, are y'all here? And my buddy said, oh, yeah, we're here. My folks are up here room D62 or whatever it is. And when he would go to check, we had to go. That was what happened over and over and over. You know what I mean? So you always would pick that over there. My mother and mother said, I, I know you wouldn't let me marry your daughter if you knew all this back then. I'm talking about the grace of God. What's that? You had girls. I tell you this story because even in the midst of those crazy things, God was still looking out for us. And I thought about another thing. One of my buddies is going to pass away. He loved the fish. It's going to tie in, I promise. And we would go. He said, man, let's go fishing. I noticed some good fishing at the Chamberlain. I said, in the parking lot? He said, man, we ain't fishing in the parking lot. We're going on the pier. I said, okay. I figured he had an inside scoop. So he goes and we get dropped off. We're like 14, 15 years old. We weren't even driving. Drop us off. We got everything there. I said, well, are they going to let us on here? He said, look, act like you own the place. I said, what? He said, just act like you own the place, man. Ain't no problem. We come through the middle of that place. My buddy could have been a car, man. Walking, he goes, hey, good to see y'all made it back. He kept through the little restaurant thing over there. He goes, hey, you ought to try the crab cakes. They're great. And I'm just going to bring the stuff in there. All the way out there. Are you ready for this? This is how bold he was, right? Young guy. He said, they, they got our spot. I said, our spot? He said, I was over here last week. I said, man, we're going to catch some fish right over there. So guys over there with his family and everything else. Says, My buddy get out there. Got his little shaking up. He said, watch this. Throw it all the way to the side. Oh, my goodness. He said, over, over here, over, excuse me, pardon me. All the, and the people, he's walking all over the other people, everything else. Like, then he gets a hit. He got a flounder about this big. And people, he said, hey, could, could, could you reel your line in? He's reeling the line in. And the people put, now he, when he said act like you own the place, he meant act like you own the place. He was all like, people pulling stuff up and everything, and I'm just going, we're going to go to jail. We're going to go to jail. This one thing. He said, just get the bucket, get the bucket. So get the bucket over there. And the guy said, uh, son, would you like to get over here? He said, well, you know, there's a whole lot more room over here for your family. I'll go ahead and take that spot. Because <laughs> that was the spot. Well, man, we were just, whoo, whoo, whoo. People said, what type of, what, what, what are you using for bait? He said, don't tell them. Oh, well, uh, worms. Inside old fisherman stuff. You know, he wouldn't tell them nothing. So we're rolling. People coming over and asking and stuff, everything else. And this one gentleman came over and said, on my shoulder. I said, it's just worms. I mean, you just want to know where he said, uh, you want to come with me? I said, we're fishing. He says, are you a guest here? I thought, a guest means just, yeah, we're hanging out with everybody else. <laughs> that ain't what he meant. He said, you need and your buddy need to get off this pier. I said, man. I mean, and then they want, then my buddy said, they ain't taking the fish. <laughs> they ain't taking the fish. So we get all the way off and everything else, and we were probably out there 45 minutes, had a bucket of fish, but we still had to wait an hour and a half for somebody to come pick us back up. The whole thing in the story was this. When we were going back through there, iron sharper than iron, I was thinking, man, I, you know, I could trust my buddy. He's going to be all right. He's going he's to see me right on through. And he was laying down the foundation, but that's probably not the path I was probably supposed to take. And the whole thing is, we can get our eyes off of Christ and all other stuff 
real fast. When we're talking about lordship, we start out walking that walk. We get saved. We start experiencing the things of God. And then sometimes we can take our eyes off. It's, not, it's, it's usually not a big step. It's a little step. I had a friend of mine tell me about a GPS. I use this all the time. I said, man, he had a GPS and he was on a boat and he had to go out to this particular buoy. And when he got there, it was off just a little bit. And he was like, man, this is not going to work. I'm saying, man, it's not that far off. He goes, it's not that far off now. But if we go another 20 miles, we're going to be way off. You see, that's how sin comes in. I always say sin doesn't have to come in a 55-gallon drum. It usually takes one little step. And then another step. Then another step. And then you're way over here. And for a season, you know, we're out there. I'm going back to the thing. We were out here doing this and everything. I was too young to understand. Man, I said, man, we're knocking people over. And people's having to get out of here and all this stuff. Because it was all about us for a little bit. Instead of being all about exalting somebody over us. The reason I bring these stories in is like this. Those are real life stories. And those are things that God brings back to my memory. So you remember when you do that silly old stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. You remember when you did that right there, you know? And, and I, I guess it's really me thinking about it. And the devil's going, yeah, you remember when you did that? And I look back to the Lordship of Christ. I'm forgiven. But you remember when you did but, 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 all that? And I, because I'm a student and you're a student of the Word of God, we go back and say, wait a minute. My sin is separated as far as the east is from the west. I have been forgiven. Why are you bringing this up? God's not bringing that back up. I might bring it back up to God and give you forgiveness. What's the old story? So you know what? If you ask forgiveness and God forgives you and you ask him 100 times, 99 times, you're out of faith because he already forgave you. Amen? We allow unforgiveness, we allow past mistakes to bind us and, and, and just put us in bondage and shackles to the things that will keep the best things away from us from God. The Lordship of Christ is about knowing Christ, receiving Christ, loving Christ, and obeying Christ, but also sharing Christ. Can you love and obey and share the good news about Jesus Christ? Because you know what? He is eternally minded when he came for you. Not just one day. He didn't run out of the grace or anything else. I want to read a few things here. I said, remember this today. God loves you, has always loved you, Loves you right where you are right now for eternity. If you can get your heart and minds around that, that's amazing. I said, can you trust a God like that? Could you follow a God like that? And the answer is, yes, we can. And I said, because the truth is, he is that God. He is the one true living God. He's holding us in his hand. And how does he do that? By his sustaining grace. We'll hit you with the last one. Everybody doing good? Let's talk a little bit about sustaining grace. The power of his love is never stopped. I said, his, we have his word on it. I'm going to give you something to write down here. It's Romans 8.35. And it says, can anything separate us from the love of Christ? Huh? Or, excuse me, I dropped my, I lost my place. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have calamity or trouble or persecution or we're hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? And he jumps to 37 and says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. Isn't that something? Through the crazy fishing trips, through jumping in the pool, for not responding right, all that, his love is still moving forward for his children, amen? I want you to hear that. The power of his love has never stopped. What else have we got here? It's just not saving grace, but all sustaining grace. Have you ever talked to somebody, or maybe you felt like this along the line, you got saved, you asked the Lord to come into your life, and you had a few bumps and bruises along the way, so God must not love me now. Be honest. You think, man, how could God love me because of this, that, and the other thing? He loved you knowing all those things, and he still came and died on that cross for me and you. You got to make that personal. You got to grab hold of that. His grace is just not enough to save us, but to keep us saved. Amen? Here's one for you. It's the saving grace dethrones fear. It sends fear on the run because Christ declares it. Perfect love casts out fear. And God's grace is filled with perfect love. Amen? God's grace is filled with perfect love. I want to tell you that here today. Let's take a look at this. It gives us complete standing, right standing. 
I think I got some on my right wrong. I had to make some notes on them. But it gives us complete right standing. Have you ever known you were right? 100% you know you're right. What do you do? You stand up and you stand up talking about you. I'm right. I know this is true. You can do that because you know that you're a child of God. When it comes, when the enemy comes and says, well, you can't do that. You don't qualify. You got that. Well, give him the word back. What did Jesus do? Right? He used the word of God. Next time the enemy tries to come and, and pick you apart, you just tell him, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? It wasn't when you got cleaned up. It wasn't when you were doing the right thing for the right amount of time or anything. It was the day that you received the Lord that he set you in the family for how long? All eternity. Sealed with his spirit. That ought to give us some encouragement right there. That's his sustaining grace. Keeps us in complete right standing with the Lord. He gives us friendship with God himself. You ever think about that? So many times I think about different things and talk to different people over the year. We have a reverence for God. Don't get me wrong. But when you have the intimacy with God, he's not just somebody you know about in a distance. He's the one that knows you every cry. He's the one that knows you every dream. He's the one that will take you right where you are and sustain you and pull you through. Amen. When those times come in your life when you think everything else is stripped away and our earthly friends are not listening to anything else, you have a friend in Christ. He's not leaving. He's not running out of grace. He's not saying, well, I forgive you 462 times, but now this is just too much. He still loves us. He's still drawing us to him. And I believe that God places us in his family and surrounds us with other brothers and sisters so that we can be the iron that sharpens the iron. That we can be the ones that can encourage each other. Anybody need a little encouragement every now and then? It, it, it's something else. I think we all need encouragement. We are made for fellowship. We are made for relationships. You know, sometimes we like to do some stuff on our own. That's great. Sometimes it's good to, 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 to go off like Jesus did and spend some time just with our Heavenly Father. But we are made for relationships. And that's why God has given us such a great privilege to come together all the time as his children to encourage one another. You ever notice that when you, you're going through something like that? Why is it you feel a little bit better if you're going through something and somebody else is going through it with you? I think we're just wired that way. You know? If you think, oh, yeah, but I'm going through this and my big toe hurts. And somebody says, yeah, but I don't have a foot no more. Puts things in perspective, doesn't it? You're not the only one going through what you're going through. As a matter of fact, there's probably a whole lot more people that's going through a lot worse than us. Always helps me when I'm going through a tough time. If I can find somebody else to help go through a tougher time. You ever see that? You think, man, I just, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And then you get your eyes off your problem and you get your eyes on something else where you can be a blessing and where you can help. And, and, and maybe God will use you in that way. And you see God moving through you. And as God's moving through you, he's bringing healing to you. He's bringing growth to you. He's bringing growing compassion in your life so that you can encourage others. Amen? That's how God continues to work and mold us into his son. It's a state of grace. It is held and maintained by God. We are secure in his sustaining grace forever, eternally. We need to have an eternal perspective. I think nowadays we just think, well, what, what can I get into today or how long is this going to last? Everything has a time frame, an expiration date on it. It's hard for us to get our minds around eternity, doesn't it? Buy a loaf of bread. How long does it last? I don't know. A week or two? Melt. You know, anything. Car loan, 60 months, 72 months. House note, 30 years. Oh, there's always a time frame. I want to tell you something today, friends. Take the time to ask the Lord to give you an eternal perspective. What are we spending our time here now that's going to bring forth eternal dividends? Do you ever think about that? I think about a lot of stuff. You know, for me being happy-go-lucky, sometimes I think about some heavy-duty stuff. What if today was my last message I haven't got to preach? Will this be the best idea? I hope so. What is, what if, if, if you know, if this happens, if, I'm not doing me well, I'm just saying, what happens next week if that's all I got? If this is the last time I get to do that or this and that? I think that's good occasionally to look at those things because you know why you can give it your all today. 
You'll give it your all today. If you get complacent and think, I got time. I got time. Really? There's a lot of young folks that leave this place every day. Be aware of the time that God has given you. And make the most of it. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy your relationship with, with the Lord. Grow in that. Be a blessing to other folks. What would your legacy look like? Walk and live and breathe in that sustaining grace. There are so many things that we worry about that we have no control over. Over and over and over. Yeah, but what if? Somebody says, well, you better make sure to get the, the, the right leg when you go to the, to the hospital. I said, it don't matter. Both of them's messed up. They can fix either one, whatever they want. I thought I had a good answer until Mike said, what happened if they put the right knee in their left leg? <laughs> I said, well, I guess it'll be easy to fire because I'll just be walking like this. <laughs> be going around and around again. You know, I, I didn't worry about it. That's on God's ship. And, and he can handle it. He, 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 uh, he don't mind working overtime. He don't need to take a break. He don't get wore out. He's on the scene. And I'm thankful. And it is held and maintained by God. I want you guys to take a look at this. We're going to start bringing this to a close. Got a great scripture here. You guys can look this up or underline it in your Bibles or however you want to do it. But I think it's a beautiful scripture here. Colossians 3, 12, and 14. Put on them as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. When we put on love, you know what happens? Forgiveness flows. When we put on love, what else happens? Compassion deepens. Harmony is experienced. We share the heart of God. I pray today, as you're listening to the last little bit of this message, that you know what? That we would be prepared as his people, as his children, to share the love of Christ. That our friendships would blossom and bloom because we're more like Jesus, that we're forgiven and, and, and we're forgiving others and we're compassionate and we're loving and, and we're, we're, we're listening to the Lord and we're walking in that and we're putting on love. I pray today as we, we leave here, if you've never called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that today is your day that you see that God will come and save you right where you are. Right where you are. Not next week. Not after you've been to church 27 times. Today. Today. With that being said, let's go back to where we started. Iron sharpens iron. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. I pray that we're a friend that God calls us to be at every opportunity that he sets before us. And I just want to say something. Thank you for being the friends that you are to me. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you so much that you tell us in your word, we're two or more gathered, there you are also. Right in the midst. It doesn't matter how small the crowd, how big the crowd. Are we lifting you up? Are we, are we glorifying you? Lord, I know with my brothers and sisters and my life and everything else that sometimes that we look at things and we go, man, Lord, I'm not sure I'm being the friend I need to be. Lord, help us. Don't beat yourself up. Enjoy the grace. Share the grace. Embrace the grace. Be that compassionate mirror of Christ to your spouse, to your children, to your neighbor. To the person at work that just seems unreachable. Lord, help us to be that mirror for us. And Lord, forgive us when we fall short. And just help us to just maintain our eyes on you. To seek your face. Father, I thank you for each one here. I pray if there's one here today that does not know you as Lord and Savior. That they come to the Savior and honor to your son today. That they say, Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sin. We know your word is true, Lord. It says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If we confess with our mouth, the Lord Jesus believed in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for eternity. Help us to be eternal-minded, Lord, this week. Help us to be compassionate. Help us to just be that iron that sharpens iron. 
not to dull other people with our problems and with our opinions, but to sharpen one another with the Word of God. Father God, thank you for your grace that is sustaining and that is amazing. Let us embrace that today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. All right, give the Lord a hand clap with them.